lot of fun, a lot of high energy, uh, but God did so many powerful things every single day. Um, and as the Lord was working and the Lord was moving, the enemy tried to creep in and whisper lies and to try to thwart what God was trying to do. But uh, we are living testimony and proof that God's will and God's power is much stronger and mightier than the enemy's lies. And so we had a great, amen, we had a great, great week. Um, I want to invite two of our students to come up, Ethan and Brooklyn. Um, they're going to just share just a snapshot. Yeah, give them a round of applause. Just a snapshot of what um, God did in their life. And so if you're visiting uh, with us and this is your first time, my name's Omar. I'm the worship pastor and student minister here. And I have the great joy of loving on students like these. And so uh, Ethan just graduated from high school and will be attending Blinn uh, just in a few short weeks. And so I, this was his last summer camp as a student. And we wanted to give him just a chance to share what God did this past week. Just kidding, you need a microphone. I mean, you got a loud voice, but... Here you go. Awesome. So, being a teenager, I'm really glad that I had the opportunity to go to my last year of this camp. Um, you know, God has opened so many, so many great and real things in my life that I didn't anticipate. Um, recognize one of our years at school is really doing amazing plans. It was invitation night, and nearly half the room stood up and, um, sorry, nearly half the room stood up and was saved just on the first night. Um, Throughout the rest of that week, you could already see that God was moving and revealing things in my life that I needed to fix. He showed me that I was a sinner, that I was a broken, that I was broken. Um, he revealed to me four things. Um, the first thing was that I needed to make prayer more relevant in my life. Um, even though I would be reading the Bible and trying to grow in God, I was lacking in a part of our communication that I needed to fix. Um, the next thing that he showed me was that I also sometimes just went through the motions, and I no longer wanted to act like that. I wanted our relationship to be real um, every day. Um, and although sometimes it was hard, and some days I just don't want to do it, I have to push through it, because in the long run, um, Jesus is all that matters in our lives, and he helps us each and every day. The third thing that he showed me was that, um, sorry, one second, oh, that I needed to evangelize more. Um, I had realized that there were so many opportunities in my life that I had missed just because I was afraid or unsure of how someone would respond towards me. Um, and the last and final thing he showed me was more of a test. Um, there was situations at camp where I felt awkward or uncomfortable, but it would require me to stand up for God. Um, and although I felt I also succeeded. So I would say um, that God spoke to me at Wild Week saying that I am not perfect and that I need Jesus more and more on a daily basis. Um, I believe that the rest of our youth group can likewise testify to God's goodness and how they were touched this past week. And I'm so glad that God gave me this opportunity to be prepared and fix things um, in my life right before I go off to college. Mm, amen. Love you, bro. Okay. And this is Brooklyn Stewart. Um, she is a student in our student ministry. Uh, and unfortunately, this is uh, her last Sunday with us. And so uh, her dad is faithfully serving our armed forces uh, even today as he serves in his capacity. And so God is moving them and his family, uh, her to Tennessee, and uh, to start a new journey. Uh, but I know God has equipped Brooklyn in ways that are far beyond that she could even imagine. And so just wanted her to have a chance to share her heart of her last camp with us 
but what God actually showed her that week as well. Um, so this year, the theme at camp was to pursue, and people were often asked, what does pursue mean to them throughout the week? So I started to think about what it meant to me. To me, pursue is running after something, to chase it. And as Christians, we should be wanting to run and chase after God. And I realized at camp, I haven't been doing it like I should. It can be done with worship, evangelizing, and Bible study. Going off of Bible study, they talked about it a lot, how important time with God is by yourself, and how easy it is to be distracted, and I think it's really important to hear because I know several people struggle with being distracted, and it can be really easy to get distracted today with our phones and all our different social media platforms, and I think it was really helpful that we didn't have our phones at camp. We were able to focus on God and how God's working in us and all of our peers, um, but we need to realize that while we can get distracted, we can't let God become second to anything. Another thing that they mentioned a lot was letting your light shine, and I, it filled my cup a lot, but it was mentioned almost every day, whether it was in a breakout room or during the sermon or during a Bible study, or I was just talking to somebody and they mentioned it. As Christians, we're called to be disciples and to let our light shine, and in Matthew 5 it says, you wouldn't light a lamp and put it under a basket, you would put it on a stand. And that's what we're supposed to do as Christians. We're supposed to let our light shine and, and tell people about God. And it can be hard because we could be scared or sometimes people just don't want to listen. But we need to realize uh, we're, that's what we're called to do as Christians. And I'm really blessed and really grateful that, I was, that I'm in a group that uh, filled my cup and helped me and motivated me and was there for me when I needed them with Christ Jesus. Amen. Well done, my friend. Great job. Love you guys. Love you guys. And again, every student had the chance to share the last night of camp, what God showed them, what God did. And so every one of them has a testimony and a story. Uh, but I want to share just a, a story that kind of happened in my, my quiet time, my prayer time. Um, one of the mornings, we had a built-in time to have a quiet time with the Lord. And so our students were encouraged to find a quiet place to go and, and spend time with God, and um, this morning we had about 10 minutes left, and one of our students, Alex, came and he uh, sat down right next to me. He said, Pastor Omar, can I ask you some questions? I said, absolutely. And so we started where uh, Jesus uh, was telling the people that a prophet is not welcome in his hometown. And he said, Omar, here's some questions I have of that. He said, but then that made me think about a passage in 1 John, and then we read a few verses in John. He said, before I could say anything, he's like, but then I also read something when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. And, and then he started reading those verses, and I was about to say something. And then he said, but then I saw something in Genesis. And this is what God was showing me through Genesis. And I was like, bro, what do you need me for? Like, you just got all the stuff you need right there, you know? And, um, and so we just visited for a little bit. And when he, he left, I just thought, I was like, God, how do I encourage this kid? Like, he loves the Lord, he loves you, he's actively pursuing you, he's reading passage after passage after passage, like, what do, how can I elevate him with, without it being awkward? Because I don't like to play favorites, I don't. Um, I wanna give every student the chance to be close to Jesus and I will put them in that position however I can. And so I just wanted to encourage this young man. And so we went into worship, just praying, God, how can I do that? And um, a band sang a few songs, and then our guest speaker was Tyler Campbell. Uh, he's the son of Earl Campbell. He used to play for the Oilers uh, in the NFL for quite a while. 
his son was, was preaching that morning. And so Tyler's walking up, and then I see Alex, who had just got through sharing with me a bunch of scripture, following him up to the stage. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? And, um, and so he gets up there, and Tyler says, hey, good morning, guys. I'm excited to share the word with you, but I just met a new friend named Alex, and he's going to share our scripture this morning with us. And I was like, oh. Oh, that's a really great platform, God. Like, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Not at all, but um, that's better than what I would have come up with. And, and so he gets the microphone, and then he just starts reading the text as if he was prepared for it. It was a last minute, hey, can you read? And he did it and killed it. And I thought, God, thank you. Like, it was a simple prayer. How can we encourage him? How can we elevate him? And you literally did that by putting him on a few steps higher. And... Thank you. And so as Tyler prays, Alex is walking back, and I'm thinking, God, how can I encourage him now? Like, that was amazing. How can I just tell him that he's a child of God and that he's powerful and what he did was amazing? And as I'm praying that, Tyler says, hey, Alex, will you stop for just a second? I want to share something with you. And so we, we took a, this was not planned. I just grabbed my phone real quick and tried to capture as much as I could. So if you could just be real quiet and maybe listen, you can pick out some of the words. Uh, but this is what Tyler said of Alex uh, right here. You are a future king. That means you are knowledgeable, influential, noble, and God-fearing as a man on this earth. And so what I want you to understand is by you standing up here and addressing a total room of strangers, Public speaking is the number one fear in the world. They say it is the greatest fear next to death. You just stood up in front of all these people and you just smashed that? So I want you to know and understand as a child of God, my brother, there's nothing that you can't do because you conquer the greatest fear of what people say. Amen. So then I'm thinking, God, that's that's what I was going to say. Nope, <laughs> not at all. And, and I, just, I just started praying. I was like, God, thank you for doing that. Like, he needed to encourage you. You saw his smile on his face, Kool-Aid smiling. And so Pastor Tyler, he preaches. He comes off the stage. The band comes up. And I run straight for Tyler. And I said, Tyler, I said, bro, you couldn't have picked a better student to read scripture this morning. And I just shared with him what he had shared with me that day. And he said, Omar, let me tell you something. He said, I'm sitting in the back and I'm looking at students worshiping and this young man is raising his hands. He's all in worship. Like it, there's no one else in the room except for him and God. And I saw that and my heart was thinking, I have a nephew who passed away recently that looks just like him and was acting, I mean, just doing the same things. And he said, so Omar, I just thought, how can I, how can I encourage this young man? I was like, I was thinking the same thing too. And so... He goes up, he said, hey, uh, my name's Tyler and I'm gonna be preaching. Would you be willing to just read our scripture for the morning? And Alex was like, sure, I guess. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. And, um, and Alex said, hey, can I ask you, I'm sorry, Tyler asked Alex and said, hey, Alex, can you tell me your name? And Alex said, yeah, my name is Alex. And Tyler told me, he said, Omar, I almost lost it right there. He said, not only does Alex look like my nephew, but my nephew's name was Alex and I just thought sorry there was 560 to 600 people in the room 
in, in my little world, I was talking to God and asking God to reveal himself in a mighty way. And God was faithful. And Tyler is a pe- preacher for the morning. And he's just asking God, help me to love on these students. I need a word. I need some encouragement. And God was faithful and gave him encouragement. Alex was just sitting there trying to be faithful to be close to God through reading scripture and getting close to him in his quiet time. And God allowed him to have this powerful moment in front of people. And then I thought, God, all of these people are here for you. Every one of them is crying out to you. Every one of them is hungry to have your word in their mind and in their heart. Thank you for moving in such a powerful way. And so if you have a student that may, maybe isn't plugged in, can I just encourage you, life change is happening. And we don't want to be stingy with it. We want as many students to be a part of what God is doing. And we don't want to hold anything back. And so we just, again, that's just a small window. So many more things like that took place every day, uh, all week long. The last time I was up here preaching, David asked me to preach on what does it look like to meditate on the word. And I loved Brooke's response. I loved Ethan's response of having more of God in my life, having more prayer time with the Lord, just wanting to be close to him. I think that's the prayer that everyone in this room probably prays often. And the sad reality is maybe we don't Um, entertain that prayer we don't exercise that prayer as often as we should and so I was uh, thinking about meditation and um, and I had shared with you some of the habits that the Lord has kind of allowed me to exercise if you will uh, by listening to the word uh, over and over again as I work out as I eat breakfast in the morning things like that Uh, and some of you guys shared with me via text message and have come up to me and said hey we started listening to the word ourselves i'm telling you it's changing our workouts it's changing everything and i'm like god thank you so much that it's your word that's impacting these brothers lives and so this morning i really just want to share with you what god has been putting on my mind and my heart through the book of james Um, i've been listening to it for six months to a year religiously every day and, and you might be thinking, didn't you get tired of listening to it? Absolutely no, because I felt like every day God used a different passage of scripture to change my life and my heart that day. Because God's word is living and active. It is not just black and white words on a page. And so God's word has been faithful to change who I am. And so my, my prayer and my hope is that I can recite the book of James to you from memory this morning. Um, And I will explain why the Lord, I felt, led me to do that. Um, And so, um, if you could just pray um, that the word would be shared uh, in the right manner uh, and that you would receive it because it's not my word, it's literally God speaking through his word. I'm gonna pray and then we'll get started. Father God, we pause for a moment and we say thank you for what you did at Wild Week. Thank you for what you did at Camp Tejas with our children, God. You did so many more things that we could even write on a piece of paper. It wouldn't be enough pens or enough paper, God, to articulate all the things that you have done. Hundreds of salvations, um, God. And so this morning, we just call on your name. We call on your spirit to be here with us. Um, You have given us a word through James to a people that were having a hard life 
that were being persecuted, dying because of their belief in their heart for you, God. And so God, as we just listen, as we meditate this morning on your word, I pray uh, that your church, that we would be encouraged and hungry to hide more of your word in our heart so that we may not sin against you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. James chapter one. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position, but the one who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change. who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Listen, my brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently to the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone should consider himself to be religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James chapter two. My brothers, as believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, don't show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in. 
If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? My brothers, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the king they may promise those who love him? But you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him to whom you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For he who said, um, for whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. I need some water. James chapter 3. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man able to keep his body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. <clears throat> the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, 
sets the whole course of his life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. I'm going to look for a word. All kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed by man and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With our tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, that's in a different book, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual of the devil. Ah. One more word. <clears throat> For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. James chapter four. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet. You cannot have what you want because you ask with wrong motives. You quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that the spirit he caused to live in us envies intensely, but he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers, don't slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? 
Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow, we would go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Hmm. We're almost done, guys. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do, but doesn't do it, sins. James chapter 5. Lord, you've got this. Now listen, you say. um, Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail for the misery that's coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you in the last days and they will eat your flesh like fire. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who are not opposing you. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient, stand firm. The Lord's coming is near. Do not grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of, per- of perseverance in the, pace of suf- in the place of suffering, um, hmm. take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Hmm. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, brothers, do not Swear, not by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Oh, we're at verse 13. Is any one of you in trouble? Let him pray. Is any one of you happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crop. My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That is James chapter 1 through 5. I might have missed a verse or two or a word. But I want to encourage you. I have talked to my kids. I've talked to our students. And I've asked them to imagine what if you were to, in this moment, be taken up into heaven and you would be face to face with the judge? What would you be found doing? Playing a video game? Playing a dumb game on your phone? Watching a show or a movie that has no eternal value? Can you imagine that scene? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're amazing. I was just, you fill in the blank. But what if you were meditating on the word? What if you were just pondering the things of the Lord? And so when that moment hits, you're face to face with Jesus. You're like, God, I was just reading this verse. Like I was talking about you too. You were, you were talking to me through your spirit. This is a great reunion. This is awesome. I think we know what would be better for us and for the Lord? And so you might be thinking, why did you spend so much time on that James? It's because James and his word has changed Omar. We were at camp and someone threw a ball and it hit me in my face when I was having a conversation. I got so mad. Like I wanted to just throw that ball back at the person. And, but I that verse came to my mind. I was like, no, man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. So I walked away just pretending like it hurt. Because I didn't, I didn't want to blow up over something that had nothing to do with salvation. Or if I know people are struggling and, I, and they, they want to point the finger when it comes to sin, James says, it comes from within. It's your desire. And then birth, the sin comes and it ruins you. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of a way saves himself and cover over a multitude of sins. Like, I want to help people get close to Jesus. If they're sinning, I'm not there to judge them. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. Who are we to judge? But we are called to come across a brother or a sister and love them and say, hey, is this really pleasing the Lord with your actions, your voice or your words? It's damaging, it's hurting. Man, I want to save people from death and I want to cover over as many sins as I can. So my, my encouragement for you, the, this time of response, I just want you to ask yourself, God, Am I wasting time? Like, am I really utilizing every moment that you have given me to hide your word in my heart? Am I doing everything I can to be a, a blessing and a joy to you? And so you're the only one that can answer that question. 
Some can probably give a statement because of how you live your life, maybe. But you're the only one that knows how much time you have and how you either use it for his glory or how you've wasted it. I'm gonna confess something. I feel like I have wasted years of my life chasing the things of this world. And I'm a Christian and I've been on staff at churches since 2001. So I am not standing if you're saying that I've got it all together or that I have mastered any of it. I haven't. But I know deep down inside what changes my life and that is the closeness I have with God Almighty. And so my question for you is this, are you close to Jesus? What words do you have running around in your head and your heart throughout your day? The good news is you can repent today. This altar is gonna be open. When we baptize, again, you know there's nothing fancy about the water, but that's a symbol telling the world that God has changed you and you wanna make that decision public. This altar can be a public thing for you in your mind that this altar now holds the trash of your world. <laughs> and the things that are pulling you away. And you can come to this place, get on your knees and say, God, I am so sorry, I repent. All I want is all of you all the time, help me. And when you walk away from this place, you have a mental note that you stood there and you gave it to the Lord and you can turn away and run hard after Jesus. So for the next few moments, your response to the Lord is yours. If you need to repent, by all means, for the sake of the Lord, repent. If you need to talk to a pastor or something that you've been dealing with, we would love to visit with you. We've got a connection center out here that we'd be happy to visit with you. But don't neglect this time. If God is calling you to respond, you be sensitive to his leading as we pray. Father God, we pause for a moment. And we thank you for your word. I believe everyone in this room that knows you has a deep desire to run hard after you, to have God's word in their mind and their heart, God. And so we pray for just this moment that the spirit that you cause to live in us changes us, to move, to, to move and to look more like Jesus. So I pray for the heart that might be broken this morning, Father. You have a unique way of coming alongside us and reminding us of your love and your power. So God, just have your way with us for just a few moments. But whatever happens in this moment, God, may it be a life change for the rest of our days. God, we love you. We thank you for your word. The only reason we can talk to you right now is because of what your son Jesus did for us on the cross. It's in his name that we pray.